So I'd like to um, reflect this evening about uh, how we can ground our lives in kindness. And um, and I'm and I want to. Uh, uh, bow in acknowledgement and gratitude to Ajahn Suchito for the approach uh, to talking about kindness, goodwill, metta. Um, there's a uh, there is a uh, a beautiful um, document which is freely available on the internet uh, in PDF form called uh, Parami. And uh, parami um, are the perfections of the heart. And uh, and and uh, Ajahn Suchito, this was um, put together from talks by Ajahn Suchito, and uh, and they're really it's just really uh, a wonderful document. And I, it's the, these are these are uh, ten perfections, and they're they're so applicable. Uh, to how we live our lives in the world, and uh, and so um, so wise as well. So um, so this quality of of love of you know what we call metta, one of the one of the boundless qualities of heart or divine. Abodes um, to a more uh, a more literal translation of Brahma Viharas. Um, this aspiration to become more kind and, and loving is is present in all spiritual traditions, and um, and and it's it's very inspiring. I think we are all touched when uh, when we experience uh, this. This uh, love that's um, when it kind of flows in our direction, and also, and also, it is uh, it's a beautiful experience when it flows um, from the heart outwards as well, to uh, uh, or or flows as we were uh, kind of practicing in in the guided meditation, the samatha practice yesterday, kind of flows within and just fills our whole being. Um, we we've been we've been chanting the Metta Sutta every morning, um, and and so this is uh, this is a beautiful uh, discourse on on how to cultivate this this quality of heart. So um, so Metta, goodwill, kindness, kindheartedness, friendship, caring. These are all ways of of talking, uh, of of translating this word or expressing it. And and uh, and one one expression as I was thinking about this uh, today, you know, I, I I was recalling that, you know, there's there's an expression in Christianity that that God is love. Uh, that's. That, that's always been very powerful to me, that expression, God is love, um, because, uh, you know, as, as, it's kind of this, 
this tangible expression of the mystery. And the Dalai Lama, you know, says, my religion is kindness. So, um, so it's, it's, it's a very powerful, important, essential part of um, spiritual practice. And kindness supports our lives in so many ways, in ways that we see and in ways that we are invisible to us. Love, metta, goodwill is a natural quality of heart that arises um, in conditions that support it. So, um, so you know, we you know we see people who are kind, and and then um, and then they may uh, turn around and do something in another context that's very unkind, and uh, and so so. So when, when kindness or, or goodwill is present only when it's easy or only with people who we feel are like us or, or only with our family or our clan, then that's a very limited expression of, of kindness. For metta to be developed, not just as a quality that happens to arise from time to time when conditions are favorable, uh, when we're people that we like, that we care about. We need to develop it as a quality of heart that develops together with insight and wisdom. So it, it becomes a practice. And so, uh, so I'd like to reflect a little bit on the connection between insight and kindness. Uh, so we might often find ourselves feeling feeling blocked um, from an attitude of goodwill by, by emotions that arise such as uh, resentment, jealousy, grasping, <coughs> Judgment, aversion, and so on, and and uh, and in these ways, we, you know, as we've talked about in other places, we separate ourselves as as different, and and perhaps implicitly as more important than others, or or we might, in other contexts, put ourselves as less important than others, or you know, everybody else is better than me, everybody else is more deserving than me. So, either way. Um, so, when we cultivate metta as one of the paramis, uh, it's transformative. Uh, and, and along with um, the development of insight, it leads to awakening in our lives. Metta can, uh, the heart can learn to move toward metta. So we, we, can, we can cultivate metta by training the heart to move toward kindness. So, so we can prefer um, goodwill. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
we can prefer goodwill to um, to anger, to judgment, to greed, <coughs> to jealousy. And and metta is not necessarily a warm emotional feeling. It it can be. It, it can feel like you know it's a beautiful energetic quality, uh, um, very uplifting. But it 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 also it's a way simply of relating to our experience, which is open and connected. And I feel that 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 metta is really implicit within mindfulness practice. That within mindfulness practice, when we when we are open to our whatever is arising in each moment, the breath a sound, a thought, an encounter, a sensory experience. When we're open with, with non-judgment and acceptance, that, that that connectedness, which is at the heart of metta, is present in our mindfulness. And I think that's a really important thing to remember because, um, you know, in mindfulness, when thoughts arise um, and we begin to see that, you know, all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of judgments arise, which we would usually prefer, or often would prefer, are not there. Uh, we're not proud of them, not proud that the mind is, is uh, kind of judging or resenting or, or feeling, uh, you know, kind of self-absorbed or whatever it is, um, uh, that, that we keep the door open. You know, we, we, I, I had this image when I first started doing uh, Vipassana practice that when I when the mind became more quiet and I I started noticing what kinds of thoughts were coming up it was like slam you know the door would slam no stay out I don't want you I don't want to see you and then I began to realize that that you know allowing and opening to and 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 staying connected to whatever was arising. Um, was was you know really essential to becoming free. Our conscious experience is all about relationships. We relate to the world through our senses. We feel the ground beneath us. We see people and objects around us, and we hear sounds and. And we, you know, the perception kicks in, and, and we we hear a motor, and we, you know, we think, oh, that's the snowplow. We hear bells, and we think, oh, those are the church bells, and and so on. And um, and so so we create uh, through perception ideas about the world, which we believe is outside of us. We we have we create this sense of of inside and outside, and and we believe that we inhabit this 
this reified world. And, uh, and so that is the creation of, of the duality of subject and object. And, and for each one of us, and I think I, I pointed to this earlier on in the retreat, for each one of us, the subject is me. And everything else and everyone else are objects of my awareness. And so each one of us, you know, has this delusion of being at the center of the universe. And, and that self-view is the norm for unawakened beings. A belief that there's a real and enduring separation of one's self from the objects outside that are known through the senses. And that and the, and the belief as well that this self is in control. This self is autonomous. Um, and, and, and clinging to this belief of a self that's in control, despite our inability to stop aging, sickness, and death, despite the ways that, that genetics, culture, upbringing, um, society, education, and, and experiences shape our, our perceptions and attitudes, and despite our dependence for survival on every breath, on water, on you know, the elements that, that we talked about uh, just a couple of hours ago, and most, and most fundamentally, um, getting really to the basics, that this body, this life, is dependent it rests entirely supported by all the senses, by sights and sounds, as well as relationships of every kind. So, so the whole truth of inter- interdependence is, is not understood, not seen, is ignored uh, by anyone who is absorbed in self-view. And, um, and this self-view uh, leads to a deep sense of alienation. And at the same time, there is this compulsion to try to control what is uncontrollable, to try to control uh, life, to try to control um, <coughs> relationships. So being unable to do this, self-view asserts that if we're alienated, if we're, if we're unhappy, if we're suffering, so there must be something wrong out there. You know, there must be something wrong with other people. Um, or, or maybe there's something wrong with me. So it's, it's when we're blaming, it's one and the same. If we're blaming an other, then you know we think we're directing that blame outwards. If we're blaming ourselves, we're creating an other of ourselves. We're dividing ourself and and then looking back at ourselves and judging and blaming. 
So, so this this attitude can this the, these attitudes of blaming, uh, ill will, judgment, jealousy can become the lens, you know. And we've been this has been a recurring theme in, in this retreat. It can become the lens, the coloring of the lens, through which we we see the world. Um, we we see our experience. Now we might not even be conscious of this, but we simply might feel this this heavy sense of burden, of self blame, insufficiency, and you know, alternating perhaps with feeling victimized. So. So this is this is not a happy state, um, and this you know this attitude of of there's something wrong and 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 uh, and I need to fix it can can come into our spiritual practice and and I I think it it certainly did come into my spiritual practice uh, when I began that there's this assumption. That somehow, you know, we're flawed, we're inadequate, and um, you know that, you know, if if I were somehow not such a flawed person, I wouldn't be feeling all this fear. I wouldn't be feeling all this um, uh, shame or you know whatever it is that that is you know uh, so burdensome. Um, and so, you know, so I can fix it. I can fix it in my spiritual practice, and I can make this me another person, like that one over there. Like they look really happy. So, um, so we want to somehow, uh, you know, become somebody else. You know, I, I certainly. I certainly uh, felt that when I, when I began my practice, that somehow it wasn't, I didn't have any sense that it's, it's actually connecting through the suffering uh, that I become free, but rather it's by somehow altering who I am um, or who I was. And I, uh, I think that... Um, I think that this is a kind of a violence that we do to ourselves, um, and I, uh, you know, I think that there's uh, like a lot of people start Dharma practice, and then, and then don't continue, and and I think maybe that could be one of the reasons uh, for some people that it just it just feels like, you know. Even if it were, even if it wouldn't be expressed in that in that way, that somehow I have to remove myself from myself, and um, there's a negation in there of our heart, our sensitivity. There's no appreciation or joy. There's no kindness in it, and and so kindness doesn't grow from it. So. As we observe the mind in our in our practice, in our insight meditation practice, you know, we can see that it's natural to have a sense of self and other 
both in relationship to the world that we sense as outside and also in relation to our inner experience. That's how, that's how uh, we grew up, that's how we learned to distinguish um, the different aspects of the world around us, um, and it's necessary and it's natural. With mindfulness, we can become aware of the emotional energy, the intentions and attitudes that influence how we respond to our experiences. So, so, so even in this, you know, sense of yes, there is a sense of subject-object, and uh, and even though we may we may come to see through that, and it may, may become we may develop much more sense of permeability of our being uh, in relationship to the life around us and interconnectedness. There is a way in, in, in which we, we continue to relate as, uh, as subject and object. And, and so we can intentionally bring goodwill, we can bring generosity, <coughs> we can bring understanding and compassion. Um, and what and we can re, we can cultivate a sense of a wholesome ground in which defensiveness prejudices bias and and fault finding don't grow i really uh, i love to think of metta practice that way it's like just really um, tilling the ground for um, for wholesome seeds to grow and um, uh, just you know bringing that quality of of attention, that that way of perceiving into our our lives. <clears throat> and cultivating the heart in this way, um, just just uh, you know, noticing if the mind is judging, noticing if the mind is is rejecting. Uh, Noticing when we are, you know, feeling aversion, um, avoidance, and and just just looking at that, being so so that's the mindfulness piece, and then calling up goodwill, calling up kindness, calling up compassion. Um, they they bring uh, this this kind of practice can bring a capacity for interest and open-heartedness to how we relate to others rather than making people objects of our projections and our stereotypes. It gives an open-hearted space for people to be who they are. And also for ourselves. When we have the mind of metta toward ourselves, we're not so harsh with ourselves, we don't feel so driven to prove ourselves or have everyone like us. You know, it, it's, it, it's really a beautiful thing to, um, to see a child in a home where, uh, where there's a loving space for the child to be, to be who they are. And, um, uh, and, and, and sometimes we feel that also uh, in the presence of somebody who is not needing to uh, us to be a certain way, not needing us to 
um, perform in a certain way or or act in a certain way that we just feel okay there's space to be myself it's 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 really beautiful and liberating and um, uh, it's you know I've I've felt that in in uh, in relationship with my teachers and I think it's it's one of the most beautiful things and important things that that I really want to cultivate in my own uh, teaching is to I I read um, I I read once that a, a Zen teacher said you know as a teacher my my primary intention is to be a vortex of space and love oh yeah Sounds good. So, um, so this kindness toward ourselves is opens us to empathy and understanding, um, which in turn can open the door to love and compassion. Um, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about that a lot, and uh, you know as like understanding being a um, being a kind of a a doorway, a pathway to um, to compassion. Uh, you know, he uh, I, there was this story once in in one of his writings about uh, a young man who had suffered uh, a lot from a very uh, stern and uh, cold father, um, and and he felt a lot of resentment toward his father, and uh, uh, and, and 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 really um, there was this sense of division. Uh, even even after his father had died, uh, it, you know they had not reconciled, and and he felt. Um, I guess a sense of being victimized and also a sense of blame and uh, um, yeah, uh, inability to, to forgive. And then uh, after his father died, he was going through his papers and he came across this picture of his father as a young boy uh, and he, he looked and he'd never met his grandfather but he he looked at his grandfather and he saw the same cold, harsh expression. And something in him shifted, something in him opened up and he could understand, he could understand uh, how his father had suffered. And that just uh, allowed his heart to, to melt uh, enough to forgive and, um, and accept. And I, you know, I, it's a beautiful story, and um, and perhaps we have, in our own ways, uh, you know, worked with that, uh, with with you know, opening, trying to open to forgiveness, and and then you know, at a certain point, you know, I've experienced that, and just something like, yeah, okay, I, I really get it, you know, you just. Those were the causes and conditions of your life, and that's how you were shaped, and you just, you just couldn't uh, find another way. <clears throat> um, 
So, um, so, so, so these these are creative. Uh, it's a creative act to to open to empathy, to open to forgiveness, to use the imagination, to use the thought in this way, to use reflection in this way, and. Um, and these can lead us to a deeper awareness that, uh, that, cut, that can kind of begin to melt or, or can begin to cut through perhaps the competitiveness and judgment that, uh, that we're, maybe the habitual clinging to self <coughs> leads to. And, um, and we can realize that we are all as the traditional grieving says, siblings in birth, old age, sickness and death. We're all on this journey. There's a, a way, something that Suchito says in this uh, text that I, I wanted to quote. When the boundary of concern widens to include others, even those with whom we're in conflict. In an, in an important respect, the suffering ceases. This, the Buddha pointed out, is the suffering we can bring to cessation. In doing that, we're not just released from pain, we are broadened and deepened out of alienation into wisdom and compassion. So when we can understand that our suffering uh, is shared and our concern can include those who are also suffering, somehow this sense of separateness, this sense of self and other begins to uh, melt, dissolve, fall away a little bit, gradually, you know, comes and goes. But, but that heart opening is, uh, is, is, is deeply transformative. And so, and so we can look at our lives and, uh, you know, what are the habits of our lives and ask ourselves, what are some of the ways we keep our boundaries of concern narrow? Comparing, competing, seeing others as better, worse, or even, or even seeing others as the same of ourselves. The Buddha said, you know, whether you see others as better or worse or even the same of yourself as yourself, it's, it's insane. It's, it's, not, it's not right thought. Because even if we see people as the same, we're putting them in boxes uh, pertaining to their wealth or status, ethnic origin, gender, sexual identity, and so on. Even when we see people as the same as ourselves, putting them in that box will often cause us to be intolerant or blind as to how they perceive and experience many things quite differently from ourselves. So when we and we say, yeah, you know, they're just like me. Well, then am I open to, well, no, they're not just like me. 
in the way that they understand this or see that uh, or what they want. There's a there's an ancient uh, Pali chant on the on the four boundless states or Brahma Viharas um, on suffusing all realms with the divine abidings um, and, uh, and 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 it, it it expresses how kindness to self and to others are really. Uh, they're they're kind of they they coexist. They're not in opposition. They they um, they're kind of different uh, widening circles. I will abide pervading one quarter. So say, seeing you know dividing north, south, east, west. So one quarter of reality. One quarter of the world. Um, or maybe there are other ways of dividing. With a heart imbued with loving kindness, likewise the second, likewise the third, likewise the fourth. So above and below, around and everywhere, and to all as to myself, I will abide pervading the all-encompassing world with a heart imbued with loving kindness, abundant, exalted, <coughs> immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. So that's that's an intention that I will abide. And it's embodied. Like I will abide. It's 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 a very embodied statement. Um, and 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 the sense of this expansiveness of the boundless heart of kindness. So we can cultivate a field of kindness, a field of intention to be with what arises without ill will. And it, it doesn't need to feel like an emotion, um, although there can be a beautiful quality of warmth and caring. It's a process, as I said earlier, of staying connected, staying in touch, not blaming ourselves or others, to, a willingness to be in the space, in the field, without blame or ill will, helps us to be open and allow whatever is coming up, internally, externally, to be received, felt, and heard. And so, so it's, it, it's a powerful intention, and it is also something that we can practice um, in in very little moments, you know, riding on the metro, walking to the grocery store, um, you know, waking up our kids for the third time, you know, when they don't wake up, or, or, uh, um, listening to a friend, you know, who wants to talk about something when we're feeling that we have such an important thing to do right now. Um, so, so I'd like to read a, a poem, um, which I think is, is, uh, expresses 
this in its complexity. It's called Testimony, and it's by Rebecca Baggett. <coughs> and she, um, not remembering the word, but she, she offers this poem. Uh, it says, For My Daughters. I want to tell you that the world is still beautiful. I tell you that despite children raped on city streets, shot down in schoolrooms, despite the slow poisons seeping from old and hidden sins into our air, soil, water, despite the thinning film that encloses our aching world, despite my own terror and despair. I want you to look again and again to recognize the tender grasses curled like a baby's fine hairs around your fingers as a recurring miracle to see that the river rocks shine like God, that the crisp voices of the orange and gold October leaves are laughing at death. I want you to look beneath the grass to notice the fragile hieroglyphs of ant, snail, beetle. I want you to understand that you are no more and no less necessary than the brown recluse, the ruby-throated hummingbird, the humpback whale, and the profligate mimosa. I want to say, like Neruda, that I am waiting for a great and common tenderness, that I still believe we are capable of attention, that anyone who notices the world must want to save it. We just have a minute, so you don't need to change your posture. Let's let's just be in stillness together for a few moments. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.